even my fingers are sweaty. My phone won't recognize my fingerprint because my <laughs> fingers are so sweaty. Mm. Nothing like that humidity. Mm-hmm. How you like them? The lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee into my cup. As that you say, I said as a sad smile spread across her face and I looked up. She said, I take you to be a soft-boiled man. I don't understand. I reluctantly confessed. Listen, son, she said, I don't mean to upset you, but you've got to know I'm going to have to break a couple of things to make your breakfast. Just glad to see a blue morning and the yellow egg at the break of rain. Welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs, a podcast for people who love to eat, from people who live to cook. I'm Anna Gowen, and along with my co-host Jacob Lewis, we're here to hash out stories and share a meal with people who live the everyday reality of service and hospitality. On this week's episode, we shifted gears a little and spoke with Oswaldo Villa-Rodriguez, a classic scrambled guy, an operations supervisor at a new boutique hotel in New Orleans' Marigny neighborhood. The operations supervisor for a undisclosed New Orleans hotel. <laughs> Discretion is key. Um, so, Oswald, for people who are like Jake and I, I think the inner workings of our hotel are kind of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to hear a little bit about what an operations supervisor is. Like, what does that mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right off the break. That's like every person that you interact with is like, this is just terrible. Instead, I get, my room is dirty. This isn't what I saw online. <laughs> what the hell? And it's not only just that, but it's a mixture of like, why am I not getting what's online? Versus mm-hmm. like, you can't really accommodate everything. So most of what I deal with is like, people who have so much money, <laughs> so much money, like slap American Express cards that are like, they have to pay to own. God damn. And then on top of that, when they go into the room, they're like, this is not what I'm buying. And I was like, this is exactly what you booked. And they're like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Well, How can I be wrong? Took, like, obviously. You took terrible pictures. Ex- exactly. It's But then it's also like, the other half of my job is dealing with my staff. So like when I work with my staff, mm-hmm. then it's also like the back end is like keeping them happy. Then they also have to deal with the guests that are also kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean... I mean, that's like when you work in a kitchen and then you have to deal with your your sous chef and like your other like employees. You're like, wait, hold on. What's going on? You don't want to do this? Like, that's your job. Yeah, I need you. Like, like literally in your job description. Like you're doing prep. I don't want to do prep. It's like, dude, you got to prep chop. cook. <laughs> you got to chop everything and make it ready for me to like do what I got to do. Yeah. So the same could be said about a hotel. It's like. Half of my job is dealing with my employees that clean the rooms, and mm-hmm. then the other half is dealing with the guests that are upset about things that they want for free. Which is worse? Which is, well, they're both terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really kind of the one, like, behind the scenes, like, pulling all the ropes, like, making a guest experience as smooth as 
possible. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully as smooth as they want it to be, but maybe that's not always necessarily the case. No, never. <laughs> so how does someone end up in a job like that? Uh, Becoming a professional yes man. You literally end up... It's funny because when I started out in hotels, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you, but you don't know. But No, I don't know at all. This is your first time meeting me, but when I started out in hotels, I started out as a doorman. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. So I worked my way from a door to then the front desk, and then three years later getting offered a job at a new hotel. Really kind of like... And then getting promoted to a front desk supervisor. How long have you actually been working in hotels? Yeah. Four years now, about four years. Okay. Wow, so this yeah. has been a really kind of like quick up the ladder. <laughs> um, was this ever something you like saw no. yourself doing? Like, <laughs> never. In hospitality? never. I never thought that. I was just telling my friend just now. I was like, what the fuck? I did not plan. I was. I thought I was going to open a store and like do retail. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Which I, which is most of what my career has been is like folding clothes and like dealing with people. And I was like. I ended up working at a hotel. And it comes full circle. It comes full fucking circle. You're still dealing with people <laughs> at the end of the day. Especially exactly. people that maybe have too much money. Way more money than people who buy clothes. Because at least at Urban Outfitters, when I worked for them, the kids <laughs> yeah. were like buying sale shit. So I'm like, oh, $10? Whatever. whatever. We're just stealing it. You know, it's whatever. fine. Pretty much. That too. <laughs> um. So you obviously just said that like you are kind of there interacting with guests face to face but mm-hmm. are also kind of having to be the person that is like managing this staff of like housekeepers and engineers mm-hmm. probably and like all of that kind of stuff um for people who don't know who are listening to the podcast um people in like the service industry often define your role as like being in the front of the house which are like servers or hosts mm-hmm. people that interact face-to-face with guests and kind of maintain that experience or people in the back of the house who are like prep cooks and chefs and like who just expedite the experience from behind um would you say that you could like put yourself in either of those categories or do you really feel like you occupy both oh absolutely it's like there are days where i sometimes will sit there and i'll look at somebody and they're yelling at me and i'm like okay what would you like? They're like, what do you mean? I was like, what would you like? Yeah. And I'll say, like, how can I make this just, like, as streamlined as possible? But then even with my employees, they're like, I can't do this. It's like, what do you need? Yeah. So it's just, at any given moment, you just have to flip on a dime and you're either front or back. You really have to kind of, like, balance those roles. And there are days where people will just sit there and they'll just be like, I have housekeepers that will tell me, they're like, well, I'm this and that. And I'm like, what? You just talked about, like, you have, like, a stomach flu, and you got to go take care of your kid, and your kid's, like, in school. And I'm like, uh, did the room get cleaned? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we got to same... strip this down. We <laughs> like, the bare basics. It's so. like, yeah. I understand. How you... It's the same thing, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Because when you work in a kitchen. And you're kind of managing, like, a staff. Right. You're managing yeah. a staff, but then also it's, like, all that prep work has to go into it so that the end product, when it lands on yeah. the table, is perfect. Because mm-hmm. people expect perfection at all times, regardless. Right. right? Yeah. So then for me, I always tell people, I was like, it's crazy. Like you become a weird, like kind of part-time therapist. Well, so like if anybody has a problem or anybody calls in sick, it's just you like cleaning the rooms, right? Yeah. Well, really? So that just kind of like falls on you as a person when other things like fall through the cracks, you really kind of just have to step up. Well, I mean, your hotel specifically is fairly small Mm -hmm. in comparison. So I'm sure... That maybe you have to kind of take on 
some roles, like put on a, a few different hats, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I feel like the same could be said if you work in a kitchen mm-hmm. yeah. and somebody calls out and then you're like, oh. Well, this is just my it. job now. Well, I guess I have to do all this prep now. I guess yeah. I just got to chop everything up, get it prepped and ready, and then, and then I got to do, do this sh- other fucking job that I was supposed to do, and now I'm still... Well, I was a butcher, but now I'm just going to wash my hands and make salads all night, because exactly. now this is what you know, I do. That's, <laughs> that's real. Just kind of the reality yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I think it's interesting that like we can draw those parallels kind of directly between, like, oh, working in a kitchen mm-hmm. and working in a hotel because I think for the most part when people talk about like oh the service and hospitality industry as a collective mm-hmm. right I think the hospitality part of that really like falls through the cracks in terms of like visibility yeah yeah everyone can name like oh you know I know what people in restaurants do and can have like kind of a basic idea even if the details are really lost but yeah. like I think the details of what you do People are just, like, totally oblivious towards. And I think that's kind of the, the case for people who work in hotels. Yeah, and then it's, like, when you think about hotels that also have restaurants. So you're... Oh, yeah, it really is kind of just, it, like... It, it, you're just... Mm-hmm. Running the whole fucking gambit. You're there. Because your hotel does have a restaurant, restaurant. as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Well, and you have, like, the restaurant, and then you have the bar, and then you have... There's you a, guys do, like, not brunch, but, like, some breakfast just thing. Just, like, uh, a little bit of... Mm-hmm, a little bit of everything. It's more so, like, a small plates, but, like, from all the way until like whenever they close the kitchen wow so just kind of continuously all day but then it's also like there are hotels in the city that literally have created this atmosphere where it's like you can go to a hotel and they expect the same service that they do from the front of house to then the front of house of a restaurant to the back of house yeah i yeah Yeah. i think that's definitely true there are cases where i at my last hotel that i worked i remember this woman who was a two-lane mother which by the way if you work (laughs) in the service industry Tulane parents are the fucking worst. It really is infamous. Like, Tulane graduation weekend at my restaurant is, like, all of the dread of, like, any major holiday because it is just chock full of Tulane parents with their, like, they just kind of put the card down at the beginning Mm. of the meal and are, like, whatever they want, you know? Like, we'll just do all of it. It, I don't know it, what it, I expected our next <laughs> ad to be, but I pretty much guarantee it's not going to be too <laughs> late. Yeah. Well, and it's wow. like, I remember yeah. distinctly this one interaction that I had with a Tulane parent. She's yes. like, what are you going to do? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I've been waiting for 20 minutes for a table. I was like, well, they're booked for brunch. Like, yeah. Yeah. What do you want me to do? She's like, well, I am staying here at the hotel. I deserve a table. I am staying here. Oh, you got the D word. And I literally was just like, okay, well, let me, give me five minutes. Can I go grab somebody? She's like, yeah. And I was like, hey, can you talk to this person? They're very upset because they can't get a table. And she's like, I'm upset because it's like, I guess whomever was working front of house that day, doing sitting and all that shit, Mm -hmm. looked at her the wrong way and didn't say what she wanted to say, how she wanted to hear it. No, people have that expectation. And it's so crazy because I even said to somebody once, I was like, those fucking Tulane parents, if you do not just, like, roll the red carpet out, yep. you're ruined. Just kind oh, of, like, no, bend over because backwards. they deserve it. They, they're they entitled to it. Yeah. <laughs> After all of the money I've given to this city, all of the things that I've, like, put my kid it through. stays in it. Like, all that money you gave that rotates around that <laughs> it is <laughs> 40 also by my... 40 foot block. <laughs> <laughs> it is my favorite line ever 
the, um, well, I'm staying at this hotel as someone who works in a restaurant that is in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to all the people that are just visiting exactly. this hotel. I just was walking through the lobby. Well, I mean, we I do get the, we do get those, but yeah. it's like ultimately, like we are under no obligation to prioritize guests of the hotel yeah, over also, people who just come in yeah. to have a table. Like as a restaurant, that is not our job. Also, yeah. so like, I can't imagine for you having to deal with people who are like, "Well, that is your job." Well, it's funny because people are like, "Can I do a reservation?" I was like, "We don't do reservations." And they're like, <laughs> "Oh, okay," and then. But what I get and what I have to deal with is way different than, uh, cause my property that I work at is very pretty. It's like kind it of like, a, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like an art gallery. It really is. Let's just yeah. put it like that. So when people come in, the first thing they do is they like try to walk up to them and like, Hey, can't do that. Like there's tours between this time and this time. Wow. If you want to view the space, you got to come back from this time. No shit. I had the owner. I had no idea that the, that was. You know what? The I'm case. gonna say him just because I I want to put him on blast. The owner of the Drifter <laughs> once came in and looked at me. And he's like, "Well, I know so and so." And I was like, "Okay, well, you can go over to the restaurant. He's sitting down there. If you want to tell him that I told you no, please do, and let him know that the operations supervisor told you no, and you're disregarding that. So, just ass fuck. Just by the way, for our listeners at home, that was the closest a hand wave has ever come to an eye roll. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, sir. Like, sir, can you? <sighs> sir. Um, no, I think that brings up kind of an interesting topic, which is that um, you did previously work at kind of more, a more corporate chain. I did. Um, maybe not necessarily like the most corporate in the world of hotels, but like certainly more and have moved to a very kind of like niche independent hotel in a totally different part of the city. Yeah. How do those experiences kind of like differ, maybe specifically in terms of like your role, like your job? I will say this, the people who come through my previous property are very much so, they were expecting one thing and they wanted one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they expected it every single time. They wanted something cool, they wanted something different, yeah. and they expected it at this place. It's, you can't, it's like, it's not a cookie cutter hotel. Like, it's so different. So, like, the people that walk in, when they're making rooms, booking rooms, when they're coming in, it's like, it's not like going to a Marriott. No, it's Mm -hmm. like, if they don't have, like, a unique experience, they're going to be pissed. Exactly. So, you have to deliver that every single time. So, when you don't deliver it, and when somebody walks into a room, and I've seen this happen before. I've seen people walk into a room, ten minutes later come back and be like that's not what I booked and I, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier yeah. it's like they look at the room and they're like that's not what I was guaranteed I was like actually you booked this and yeah. that's it but how do you like go about the business of manufacturing like, like a, unique a super experience? unique experience like what does that look like for you usually I tell people it's like when they like ask me uh, usually what I tell people I'm like what kind of room do you want? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of room would you like if you stayed at a hotel? What kind of room would you like? Um, well, I'm just looking for a room with, like, you know, maybe one queen-size bed and ideally, like, a tub because I love to take baths and, like, some nice, like, views out of the window of, like, a courtyard or something. Perfect. High ceilings? That would be great. Great. Done. And that's what I usually do when people start getting mad. Like, I had this employee once. Tell this man... 
she's like, I can't give you this room because it's really expensive. The upgrade fee was way too high. And I was like standing behind, God just like kind of, just like no. I was like, ah, shit! Oh, I was like, ah, I was, I was like, hi. <laughs> you just like sho- literally shove her. I, I literally, I actually, I went like this. I was like, the Boop. slide. I was like, hi, my name is, and I, you know, what do you want? Yeah, what are you, what are you looking for? What do you need for me to make this better? Because I, I looked at her and I was like never tell anybody they can't afford something because no. you are going to be so <laughs> fucked up. A, ugh, fuck. It's like, that's like the one thing you don't tell somebody who's coming to New Orleans. No. These, these people are spending money because they can spend it. Yeah. And they're slapping down And this their, is the place where they want to spend yeah. it. Exactly. Well, so, and half of like everything is on credit cards. Even if they can't, it's like their yeah. business not later. Their, not your problem. Exactly. So I just remember thinking, I was like, oh my God. And I asked those same questions with that guy that yeah. I just asked you because... I put him in a room. He saw the new room, and he's like, "I could kiss you." And I was like, "Well, I, you're not my type." He's like, "Same." I was like, "Great, <laughs> great, bye." <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, I guess we've kind of like skated over this a little bit. But do you have like one specific like worst request that kind of just like stands out in your mind? I feel like oh, maybe no, on a day to day basis head, you low. have a. Uh, there is one. Uh, oh, wow. I'm really excited about this story. At my last property, we had mm-hmm. a room called a corner room. Just like... A corner room. It, in theory, the room rested on a corner of the building. Okay. And what was displayed on the website was a room with a bathtub, a room with a king bed, a room that had like this whole smorgasbord of like amenities that people wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's what they saw and it's what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically signing up for They'd it. book these rooms and they'd go, when we, those rooms were fully booked and then we'd give them a different corner room. <sighs> they would come back down and they'd be like, that's not what I booked. And I was like, you, you booked, booked a, a corner, corner room. There's four buildings. They have four corners. That's mm-hmm. how squares work. Yep. And I just remember always people being like, this is not what I fucking booked and sitting there yelling. <sighs> at me for like hours and then I'd be like all right I'll move you tomorrow but I literally sometimes would just sit there and be like this is what you're this is this is what like what this is specifically this is what you wanted shaking your fist in the air at the concept of squares no honestly I would just sit there and be like oh <laughs> this is your problem life must be hard I know <laughs> life is hard but you know what's even harder making money More F-bombs from Oz after a brief word from our sponsors. Is what I would say if we had any. If you're interested in purchasing ad space on this or any shows on the Cicada Radio Network, contact us at louder at cicadaradio.com. That's L-O-U-D-E-R at cicadaradio.com. See? The most painless ad break in podcast history. And now, back to our show. And then we're back? Yeah, we're ready. And we're back, but uh, I think we forgot a little bit of an important part of the podcast. It's not like we're named after this part of the podcast yeah. or anything <laughs> like, like that. that. No, no. But on that note, Oz, how do you like your eggs? I love them scrambled. I think I can do that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he couldn't, I think maybe we'd have an issue. It's uh, like, I oh, scrambled. That's really where we're going to draw like, the line. Hey, no, there's a there's a lost art to a good scrambled egg. You're, I agree. The solid ribbon, like... Uh, where they're, like, nice and solid and the ridges are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do it. That's where it's at. 
No, Jake's had his whole setup. There's fancy cheeses involved. Ooh. There's scallion. I hope you're ready. I us. like. I had a, like a hard personal question about like where you draw the line between what is a fancy scrambled egg and what's an omelet. <laughs> is there a fold <laughs> involved? I don't know. Like I like the way I justified it to myself was like, I was like, well, there's there's milk in the scrambled egg, so adding is there some cheese is not is not really breaking that precedent it's like hmm. but meat isn't line either because like you can obviously have meatless omelets but like what is like the actual like hard line between like a scrambled egg and a, an omelet i think it's a strictly shaped question that is i'm being perfectly yeah. honest all right all right <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get some hard egg-based discourse after this no. episode <laughs> <laughs> listeners put it in the comments I'm willing to argue with all of you individually. Uh, yeah, no, come find Jake at Pals and argue with him in person about how he defines scrambled eggs. Yeah. Uh, Every time you ask me, it'll probably be different. I will uh, warn you, he is over six feet tall, if you don't know him in real life. You're dead. Cool. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> argue at your own risk. I don't know why who is like my egg defense noise, but I'm sticking uh, with it. I will defend all my eggs with a strong... <laughs> Um, well, now that that is out <laughs> of the way, um, we talked a little bit kind of before we went to break about uh, the clientele difference between yeah. the hotel where you're currently working. Mm -hmm. um, have you noticed really any kind of like difference in the staff between the two hotels? Oh, or do you feel like they're really kind of similar. like we're pulling? Yeah, we're pulling from kind of like a very similar group of people. It's just like the locale has changed. I feel like, yeah, I feel like when you think about like when I think about people who work in any sort of like industry job in the city mm -hmm. specifically like hospitality wise like yeah. restaurant front of house whatever there is this most of these people who live in the city who have been who are true new orleans born and raised people yes it's the same it's crazy like these people have been working in this industry and working in these like hotels these restaurants for for years. Yeah, th their entire adult lives. They know each other. Yeah. Like, you could be like, I know so-and-so. And it's like, what the fuck? No, I was talking to someone, I think um, maybe someone in HR at yeah. our new hotel about how um, kind of people in New Orleans who work in the hotel industry just kind of infamously bought from hotel to hotel to hotel. And you're like forming these connections. We're pulling from like the same group of people over time well, um, i've never run into this any other city i've ever lived in but in new orleans it's like you have generational like career you do. yeah it's crazy it's like you have second With and third generation like hotel people yes or it's like it's not, they're not even like like at the bellhop level where it's like you're a third generation bellhop like and there's no shame in it like no, it's like, no not I at think, all i think yeah. that's part of the beauty of it is yeah. there is kind of this like really noble aspect to being like yeah i am like a doorman or yeah. a bellhop or a housekeeper and that's what my mom did and like it is like solid honest work and and people will look at you and be like i've been doing this for i actually i met somebody that recently who i work with who's been doing housekeeping work for over 30 fucking years wow that's crazy because yeah you think about like I don't know. I think people tend to, people who work outside of the hospitality industry yeah. maybe have a little bit of like, maybe look down a little bit yeah. on people who oh, work yeah. in these like very like domestic 
labor kind of jobs. Well, and for sure. And, like, especially, like, I feel like there's, like, a huge disconnect between the service and the hospitality sides of the service and hospitality industry. But I think there's even a bigger disconnect in, like, the hospitality industry on its own. Where it's, like, you run the gambit from, like, nurses to bellhops to, like janitors like and they're all still hospitality industry they're, yeah. they're under the umbrella even like sales and yeah. stuff oh, yeah. really does kind of fall under this umbrella of like hospitality um we've just been doing it forever yeah and it's crazy too because you think about it it's like insanity yeah the idea of the concept of insanity it's like doing this thing constantly <laughs> repeating the cycle again and again just to like be like oh maybe it'll be different this time maybe if i go to this hotel it'll be way different it's like no no exactly you're still doing the same fucking thing you're just at somewhere new (laughs) the building just looks different like and the the people are different and the guests are still the same fucking people so it's a little bit of insanity if i think about it that's what i was telling somebody once i was like people have been doing this for years Mm -hmm. they're living insanity I feel like restaurants could like easily be the same way. Like no. restaurants and bartender. Like Absolutely. this whole podcast it's, is all like living insane people. <laughs> like this is this is going to be the restaurant where I make it. Exactly. Like, there. I think it's true though. It's like you kind of mm-hmm. you go through this weird cycle where you're just doing. You're like, oh, it's fine. It's going to be different. I'm like new position, new title, new power, whatever. But it's like, oh wait a minute, I'm yeah. still doing the same fucking same thing. Same I'm fucking still thing. Still cleaning rooms at the end of the day you know whatever yeah um that does kind of like lead into my next question very well which is like you know this isn't necessarily a glamorous job despite what people may think about it um so at the end of the day like what what keeps you here what keeps you doing this thing that you do or and have been doing for four years you know what's funny is that it's like i feel like if you truly truly are a workaholic that's why you do it <laughs> that's true there's, everyone i know is a workaholic like there's a level of how much you're working and how much you're doing and what you're doing mm-hmm. where like you're like i really hate this i'm really upset i'm annoyed blah 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 but as soon as you're not doing it you're like what am i doing with my time yeah. yes are, exactly like you have to be constant movement um could you actually like you know you st- like if you weren't doing this what would you see yourself actually doing i love that question oh god be folding clothes i also had a part-time <laughs> <laughs> i had a part-time job at uh and i'll say the company Saks Fifth avenue as a oh merchant. wow okay yeah, i worked for them for like maybe like two three months and i was like a merchandiser for them and i literally remember being like oh my god <laughs> if i have to fold clothes for another two more months i'm gonna kill myself joking but like but like there was a part of you that maybe wasn't joking. It was like, I'm, where's a gun yeah right <laughs> But there is this weird level where it's like, because I live in New Orleans and because I do live here, like, I feel like it's easy to just get drawn into working in hotels yeah, and a bar absolutely. or restaurants, like, because that's what's available. Yeah, like, that is like truly the engine that fuels the this city. city. Like, everyone has worked in this industry, at least briefly, yeah. you right. know? I had a guest once look at me be like, why is the tax so high? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, why is the tax so high in the city? And I was like, well, because people live off of you visiting the city. So yes. therefore, right. you coming to the city is giving me a paycheck. So that's why the tax is like 10%. So it's like... I think we're going to have a whole different episode about the complete lack of infrastructure. 
Because yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a couple city hall yeah. in here. Like exact, but it's crazy though because people honestly, it's like what you're saying. It's like what's keeping me doing it. It's like this is what we all do. Yeah, yeah. We're really, literally at the end of the day. We are literally doing it because it's what's available. Yeah, it's what's accessible. But it also is like there's no tech jobs here. There no. are tech jobs, but they're like few and far in between. Yeah, yeah. this is so, what we know how to do. Exactly. You a radiologist at the hospital. Because that's about it. And then you got to go to Metairie, and you got to work in Metairie at Oshkosh. <laughs> 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 Nobody, we're not. Nobody yeah, wants to go. We're not redacting <laughs> that one. We're throwing some serious shade on Metairie. <laughs> sorry, Metairie. <laughs> Didn't mean it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, no, I think that brings up a good point, though. Is like when you when we talk to people in the like service food industry side of this like big umbrella. People kind of always have the same aspirations, yeah. which is like, I want to own my own place or I want to be the chef of a restaurant. Yeah. For someone who works in a job like yours, how would you kind of, like, do you feel like you have an end goal within this industry? Like, is there something you're like working towards or is it more really just kind of a, I like what I'm doing day to day, like that is fine with me. I guess like end goal <laughs> and if, if my boss is listening, I'm so sorry, but I'm really going to say this. I was like, my next thing would be like an AGM or a yeah. general manager. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. Well, I, I mean, and lo- I think there's a very serious reality of like, yeah. this is the next logical step. I don't know if I actually want to follow through with that. No, for sure. Because I mean, like, it, like working at, like at a smaller place where you're kind of your own boss. You can eat that. No, no, go oh, ahead. Yeah. You can, keep going, oh, keep also, going. like, your eggs are done. Eat yeah, them. Yeah, please eat yeah. these eggs. Uh, yeah. Like, We're gonna I get mean, some for me, like, especially, like, solid being a cook. Into this That's mic. fucking delicious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, you can't say it on No, it's yeah. no, it's, <laughs> no, it's fucking delicious. We but keep joking one day someone's going to tell us they suck. Really? Yeah. No. Well, they're assholes. No, Jake knows how to make <laughs> an egg. Yeah. It's in my house. I'll just throw them out. <laughs> Or eat them. That episode will never air. <laughs> what? Or I would eat them. I wouldn't throw them away. That's fucking wasting food. But oh no, no, the people, not the yeah, eggs. Yeah, no, oh. keep the eggs. Oh, definitely throw the people out. Yeah, keep the and eggs. We keep the eggs. Yeah, and we just eat them. No, I mean, like uh, for me, it's like even working at like mom and pop places a lot. Like I still like see like a possibility where like I could own my own place at one point. And I feel like a lot of like professional servers and even like GMs and all that stuff. Yeah bartenders or whatever like in the other the service part of the service and hospitality but like i've never fully understood like the upward mobility of the hospitality side i mean baby you're looking at it right now i know that's true yeah. i mean we're Dorman, looking at a front desk front desk supervisor operations that's like fucking insane yeah the, especially no. like I mean, how expedited that path was for you yeah do you feel i don't know what do you Oz, I'm going to ask you like a very weird personal question. Do it. What do you think it is about you that made you like, like really attractive to this industry? I, I mean, not that you're not attractive in real life. <laughs> a. Listen. So usually this when I tell. This is an audio medium. So I'm just, li- just letting everyone at home know. You know what's funny is people are like, how do you answer the phone at your job? And I say, hello. Thank you for calling. How can I assist you? And I, it's like, it's this weird thing, like, when the phone, when I pick up the phone, I'm like, hello, how are you doing today? How can I help you? You have your voice. There's this weird yeah. thing. Capital V voice. But I think it's that weird moment when you're, like, when you've gone to a point in your job or, like, any sort of working environment where you're so comfortable doing mm-hmm. what you're doing and you're good at it. 
that people are like, oh my god. You just feel trustworthy. They're like, who, who, where did you come from? Yeah. But there's also this I just want to give you responsibility. Yeah. Please, also, take it. Yeah, no, well, there's also <laughs> this weird accountability for, like, not that New Orleans is, like, known for, like, people who will just quit their jobs, but, like, during Mardi Gras, people will not go to work. Oh, people oh, yeah, will absolutely sure. just not show up. So, like, up. I think when employers see that employee that's like, oh, you're here, you're oh, working. Oh, you actually... Yeah. You're doing your fucking you've job. You've never, like, given me an issue in terms of just, like, coming to work and, like, doing your job. Exactly. So I think there's that aspect to how my mobility worked its way up. But when I moved from here to Oregon, there's this, there's this quote that stuck with me since I was like, since I moved here. And this guy, this guy used to do freight for like a grocery store that I worked at. Mm -hmm. And I still sticks with me. And it's like eerie because the way that he said it, I was like, oh shit, you're right now. I was like, I didn't realize you were so right when I was like 20 fucking three. (laughs) But he said, or no, 26, sorry. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I aged myself down there, y'all. You didn't have to confess that. We yeah. really could have rolled with it. Um, but uh, he was like, he's like, you know, that's great. He's like, just do it. Just like, go do something totally different. Like, enjoy your life. Like, that's what you should be doing. And then he's like, but there's a moment where you're going to realize, like, time has jumped ahead. Mm. And you're not going to even realize where you're at years later it's almost like that process in doing something so different like departing from the right like the origin that you had initially created yeah now you just jump to this different storyline and you're like wait hold on what you, how did i get here? how did how the fuck did it's, i get right <laughs> by the time you like you finally get your feet on the ground you're like where the fuck have i been for like the last three years yeah it's like that point in the movie when they're like oh five years later and you as the audience are like whoa 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 how did, you How did we get here? Yeah. yeah. It's like that moment in real life where which you're is, just like, oh shit, three years have passed. Yeah. Literally. Which is what's so funny is when you ask that question, that's literally where my brain jumps just like, to. Instantly. First thing. Because I head. literally remember, he's like, oh yeah, I've like started doing this freight job and now I'm like 40, 50 years older. And I was like, oh. He's like, I didn't realize I was going to be doing this forever. He's like, just do something different while you're young. And I was like, I'm not that young anymore. I'm... <gasps> <laughs> not really, y'all. I'm not that old. No, really. you're not that old. Maybe a little. That's right. Me and Asher are still the old men. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. I'm the baby. Wait, how old are you? That's a good... I'm asking you the questions now. How I know, I... right? <laughs> this isn't my job, but Oz, weren't you telling me last night that you wanted to start your own clothing business? I did, actually. That's like a... <laughs> That feels like a great, relevant thing, maybe, to bring when I ask about your future aspirations. <laughs> I mean... It's like one of those loose thoughts that I always had, but it's also been like a small little seed that's been like growing yeah. as of recently. But it also goes back to what you were asking me earlier. It's like, did yeah. like go, going forward, is this what I want next? It's like, ideally, I'd like to own my own business. I don't want to work for somebody. Fuck working for somebody. There's yeah. like, there's that's like ultimately the, always like, what it loops back around to. That's like what we all want. Boss. We all just yeah. want to be able to just be like, I'm gonna no. make my hours, I'm pay my just... employees be so self-sufficient that I actually yeah. don't have to await for somebody Make to... Make my own rules. Here's the ultimate rule of, like, the service and hospitality industry. It's like, eventually I'm going to be the boss. If I'm my boss or someone else's boss, it doesn't really fucking matter. But eventually, I'm like, going to be I'm going to be on top. Boss. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. <clears throat> Maybe for better or for bitch. worse, because I think yeah. some people are like, 
you know, kind of want to rule with an iron fist. And then yeah. some people are like, oh, well, I have been really lacking, like, this, like, benevolent, like, empathetic leadership. Like, yeah. you know, two sides to the same coin. But, yeah, yeah, I think, really, ultimately, we all want the same thing. We all want to be, like, well, and I think if you work long enough in the industry, dealing with people, trying mm-hmm. to talk to people, dealing with employees, there's a level where you realize you're like, I actually just want to make sure that the people that work for me are taken care of. Yeah. And they need what they need yes. and they can get what they want and they Absolutely. have access to it. But then it's also like, I know what I'm doing is exactly what I need to do. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I mean like... And I also need people to give me what I need exactly. in exchange. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what you... I didn't realize until you said just now that like you relocated from... Mm-hmm. I did not realize you were not from the area. So like what drew you to New Orleans? I think we get a lot of transplants in this industry specifically yeah i mean when i moved to new orleans it was just kind of on a whim about a one-way ticket yeah and i said why not and it wasn't oregon and i've been here for almost four years now yeah yeah do you see yourself staying in new orleans is it one of those where you came and now you're like well this is the only place i'm ever gonna live i don't know that's a good yeah. question i actually don't know i'm just that's kind of fair. Ri- like i'm writing it out i'm just kind of enjoying my time here in new orleans because it's not done me wrong yet. Yeah. It's also kind of... I think New Orleans has taught me a, a lot of valuable lessons. And I think yeah. if you work it in the service kind of industry... Citizen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. Like, you work with people daily mm-hmm. that you run into all the time. You see each other at the same bars. You see each other at yeah. the same events. So there's this weird culture that's kind of driven by just knowing everybody yeah what is it people say about new orleans it's the smallest big city in the world yeah yeah that feels very true all of the time especially in this industry everybody knows somebody that you know everybody and it's beautiful because you can actually know people yeah and you can actually like have these conversations like we're having right now about like Mm -hmm. what it's like to deal with very much so high maintenance people that are shitty well, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I think because of like how much of like a, like a, t- how much of a, not just tourist town, but really based on like, like service industry and hospitality, and then also just like the southern politeness that people expect yeah. from you, like everybody from every corner like has, no matter what job they work in it, they have similar experiences that are at least like relatable to mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, from, like, a dishwasher and a line cook to a bartender to a hospitality manager to, like, a baggage check guy at the airport. Like, we all have at least, like, a couple stories we can share and just have a beer at the end of the day. Yeah. Which I, I feel like is, is really unique to New Orleans. And I think it's part of the reason why we kind of, like, started this project. Yeah. It's just kind of this opportunity to, like, oh, well, we all have this common ground. We <clears> just want to talk about it. And also it's like... We just want to... Eat. Everyone likes eggs. We just yeah. want to eat eggs, you know? Well, also it's like... Like all things, breakfast is a common thing that you can have with people. And yeah. it's not too difficult. It's not no. too hard. But the things that we do for people every single day without people realizing that we're yes. like yeah. so self-sacrificing mm-hmm. of ourselves to make things seem perfect. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I'm not shitting on... I'm not shitting on chefs. I'm not shitting yeah. on owners or anything. But like... No. I've heard enough of what their voice sounds like. I, I wanted to be in this. I wanted to be a part of this podcast because I wanted to actually hear what like, mm-hmm. what people, what people actually experience. Yeah, on the day to day, because I think we work in a relatively invisible industry. No. Like for people who don't know anything about it. 
Well, I mean, it's easy to just kind of let what we do fade into the background. The way it was explained to me, like this is again like a one of my fine dining tropes, but <laughs> the way it was explained to me is that if you do your job perfectly, no one knows you exist. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, there's this, like there's this thing that I told I tell people I was like, if I can go to work and make somebody very happy and they never mention my name ever, like they just said I really enjoyed my stay, everything was perfect. I've done my job. Also, no news is good news. Yeah. Exactly. That is Definitely. so... So true yeah. of our industry. Yeah. No, I mean, we're we're meant to work in... Even the front house people, like, are meant to work in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, really nobody expects you to remember your waiter's name. No, you just want to remember that you had a really beautiful experience. Yeah. And then and instantly what, forget about them. That's what we're here to do. That's literally what we all do. Yeah. And hopefully we're giving you guys a really beautiful experience back it's, at home. Um, also, I want to say, like, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. Um, we have a couple kind of, like, wrap-up questions that mm-hmm. we like to do at the end. Um, normally, we ask people, like, oh, well, what's your favorite place to eat right now? Yeah. But, I, you know, because of your kind of, like, niche uh, <laughs> career, um, if you were going to stay anywhere that, like, wasn't the hotel that you currently work for, because yeah. that's a little bit of a plug, <laughs> um, what, where would you stay or where would you recommend for somebody to stay? And maybe a little bit about why. Mid-City. <laughs> Just like anywhere in Mid-City? Well, no, I would say if, we're, if you're going to, I mean, oh God, that's kind of hard though. Because when I think of people visiting New Orleans, I kind of, when I send them, I'm not going to lie. I have very specific places that I send certain people to because I'm like, <laughs> that's that, totally <laughs> fair. Like, I'm like, I know what you are, want. <laughs> I, you, you definitely want the bells and chimes. Go to Garden District. Yeah. If I were going to stay somewhere in the city, if I was not visiting here and I, you know, knew enough about the city, yeah, yeah. I would say mid city, just partially. But the thing about it is, it's like even staying in mid city, it's like people don't know what this place is. So yeah. if I said that, they'd be like, what? Yeah, where is that? Where is that? Is that like... That's where everyone lives. That's literally (laughs) where everybody lives. But tourist-wise, if I'm going to send somebody somewhere, I'd be like, just do an Airbnb in the Marigny. Yeah. Yeah, actually, because you know why? It's close enough to the quarter, close enough to everything. Yeah. And you can still walk places. And you don't have to worry about, like, actually being in the quarter. Because I would never... Oh, staying in the quarter. I would never fucking stay in the quarter or the CBD. Ever. Yeah. No, if I did not work in the CBD, you could not I, pay me to go to the CBD. <laughs> I would never go to any of those places. And if I do go to those places, it's like very few and far in between when yeah. I do. Yeah. And I, mean, I think there's some really great like um, hole in the wall, like bed and breakfast in Mid-City too. I live like down the mm-hmm. street from one. And I'm just like, that's so lovely. Mm-hmm. It seems like such a nice place. Um, and so kind of our last question while you finish up those eggs. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> If you were going to give advice to someone who's maybe going to, like, come up behind you, like, maybe who's going to take over your job when you decided that it was your time to pursue your business-owning dreams, like, what what advice would you give somebody? Tell little Oz what he can do. Oh, yeah. Four years ago, baby Oz. You know. (sighs) Smile. (laughs) Definitely smile. Excellent. Okay. Definitely smile. But also... Know that you're gonna literally have to stand there and look at somebody as they may yell at you, yeah. as they may expect the world of you. Actually, that's the biggest thing. There, anybody who looks at you in sort of any sort of hospitality position or service or like restaurant, front of house, they're expecting everything of you, mm-hmm. down yeah. to like a smile, personality, charm, all that. Just like take a moment to really think about what you're gonna say, yeah. but also really 
remove yourself from it all. Because mm-hmm. you kind of sometimes have you to. You have to. You have to yeah. like yeah. really pull yourself apart from the idea that this person's very much so not going to treat you nicely. They mm-hmm. may and they may not. So it's 50-50. Actually, it's 75-50. Like 75% they're going to treat you like shit. But really take that second to gather who this person is mm-hmm. and then cater to that moment, who they are. In reality, it's like. Doesn't great. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's not a reflection of you at all. Yeah. No, it's you're giving them what they are reflecting to expect. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Yeah, that's my advice. Also, oh. don't let people treat you like shit. Also, be petty when you can. <laughs> when you have <laughs> when you can be fucking petty, be fucking petty. Because I've done it before to people, and they look at me and was like, "I was fucking petty with you, and you oh. know I was." I respect the shit out of that so hard. Well, that's like, a wrap. <laughs> No better way to end it than when you can be petty. Fucking petty. Just do it. Just fucking do it. And we're going to end this episode like we end all, all of our episodes with a shot. Ooh. Like a shift well served. Cheers. Cheers. That's all for this episode of How Do You Like Your Eggs? Hosted by me, Anna Goen, and Jacob Lewis. Produced by Asher Griffith. How Do You Like Your Eggs? is a Cicada Radio production. Find this and other shows on Spotify, iTunes, or at cicadaradio.com. There you can sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch or contact us directly. If you'd like to support this network, find us at patreon.com slash cicadaradio. Just glad to see a blue morning and yellow egg at the break of rain. This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.